Yeah. So we'll be like, this is Alex, and what episode are you going to do? This one. And then... And there's yeah. like... You should spend the first, like, yeah, 12 minutes of the podcast <laughs> plugging a product in a kind of, like, not that invested way <laughs> that people have to skip through like, every single time. Yeah, um, like, Lock like, the gates! Like, yeah. cramps.com. Yeah, yeah, just like, um, cramps.com. Do you, do you uh, are you sick of having cramps, cramps and going to the cramp store and waiting in line? <laughs> In May I suggest cramps? In this day and age, you can do you can do all your cramps-related uh, activities from your computer. This is what I'm talking about. Hi, I'm Allie Gertz, and I'm Julia Prescott, and, and everything's coming up podcast. The podcast where we interview our favorite. Writers, actors, animators, comedians, athletes, <laughs> politicians, stepdads, pets. pets um, uh, I think I'm good with that. Then that's where we draw the About, line. We draw, yeah, we draw yeah, a firm we line after to, like bacteria. <laughs> but but uh, this is a fun wonderful experience for us that allows us to talk as much about The Simpsons as we want to, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because you and I are friends because of The Simpsons, yeah. and it makes perfect sense that you and I are doing this together. Yeah. yeah. Uh, to quickly sum up why we are the biggest Simpsons fans that we know in our own lives, at least, mm-hmm. um, I have about five songs about The Simpsons. And I have a Simpsons tattoo. Can you tell us what that is? It's um, the Gummy Venus de Milo uh, with a banner that says Sweet Sweet Candy, and it's on my right shoulder blade. It's beautiful, and I'm so, so happy that we get to do something with it more than just talk to each other about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Which we do a, a great deal of. But um, this uh, uh, this podcast is all about us. Uh, all about us. Jesus Christ, I should just go home. Um, it's all about us interviewing all of those people that we named earlier about their favorite episode of The Simpsons. That should be Or it could just be an episode of The Simpsons that they are compelled by. And it might even be because it's a horrible episode that turned them off of The Simpsons. Yeah. Or it could be the first episode they ever watched. Something that has some significance to them. Um, And we're going to try to make sure that everyone just does one episode and no repeats, which is going to get harder as the podcast keeps going, yeah. so we'll see. We have plenty of episodes to pick from. But this is our first guest, uh, and we're very eager to see what they chose. Mm-hmm. Our first guest today is Alex Hirsch from Gravity Falls. Hello, hi, I'm Alex Hirsch from Gravity Falls. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> it's, so I listen to a lot of podcasts, and there's always that moment where they introduce the guest and they say hello, and I'm like, I always imagine them walking in the room. I know. But it's you're actually just sitting there while the just other people looking talk at them. and wait to describe you into existence, <laughs> yeah. and you try not to laugh at things they say. You're like, I'm going to ruin the illusion. I was going to say, I must commend you for not laughing. <laughs> I was the trying. Hilarity that was happening. No, I was here. stifling. I'll say that chuckles. I was very hurt that you didn't laugh. <laughs> I didn't know that that was something we all agreed on. Uh, So I'm very glad that you guys invited me here (laughs) because I feel like all of us, whether we were together or just in separate rooms or just standing in the desert, would be talking about The Simpsons, whether or not there was a microphone or other people to listen. So Mm -hmm. everybody gets to, we get to do something with that Simpsons obsession. Right, right. Finally. That's the reason why The Simpsons is so powerful. And I don't know, it just forms a community. You can find people, you can find a quote for any situation in life. 
That's my firm belief. And you can find other Simpsons people and you're, it's just like you're magnets to each other and yeah. you can have that mutual bond and it's just great. Yeah, you kind of know that you're going to get along with someone that likes seasons two through eight of The Simpsons. Like you just know I would be generous there's going to be something to good. It to 10. And if hey, they listen. say the wrong season, you know to swipe left. Oh, yeah. You're yeah, done with yeah. them forever. Oh, season 22 is, are we, or they're at 22. They're at way later, right? That's crazy. I know. Yeah, if I tried to like name a fake hyperbole number, I'd probably be lower than the actual amount of episodes. <laughs> right, right. A, little, a little context for the listeners. So if, if you guys have, you know, you've written songs about The Simpsons, you've tattooed The Simpsons on mm-hmm. your body, my the way in which The Simpsons has embiggened Im- Im- my life has been... Uh, I, I perfectly cromulent word. Thank you. I, uh, I create... We should just have no a Simpsons quote quotes. jar. Where oh, we, sorry. We should just drop a quarter and every time we accidentally oh, or purposefully do a Simpsons quote... We do want to have a soundboard eventually, <laughs> but we should do at least a, like a clink or a cheers or a shot or something anytime that there's a Simpsons Yeah, um, yeah. We can edit it in, or just like a However, sad noise. However, if it's shots, I mean, we are completely capable of not quoting The Simpsons, and it's kind of easy to Are we capable stack. of that? That sounds like a challenge. You're right, and that's why we're here. <laughs> um, so the, the way in which The Simpsons improved or destroyed my life is that I, watching it as a kid, I thought, this is the best thing I've ever seen, and I want to make a cartoon show when I grow up, and I have spent every living second since then trying to make a cartoon show, so I now have a cartoon show on the Disney Channel that in many ways is just a shameless ripoff of things that happen in The Simpsons, um, so I am sort of a child of The Simpsons mm-hmm. in a way, like, that is my, that is my tribute, in essence, is to uh, try to create something, uh, sort of, I, I was uh, interviewed on the, uh, Twin Peaks podcast yes. that you had, and people have said that my show Gravity Falls is sort of like uh, the bastard child between Twin Peaks and The Simpsons, and I'd Josh say that. Josh Weinstein said that. Fairly he's, accurate. He's the person, Josh Weinstein of The Simpsons. Simpsons writer and ex showrunner of Simpsons uh, <laughs> said that. So that's that's how I fit into this stew of Simpsons obsession um, <laughs> for that. listeners. I mean, that's the reason why um, I got a tattoo on my body is because I realized one day. Oh, yeah, you dummy. The reason why you're in comedy is because of The Simpsons. Right, like, yeah. I was raised on that. And, I, yeah, it's hard to go a day without quoting it. And I think about it all the time. And sometimes it can be frustrating <laughs> when uh, you're in a writer's room and you get to that point of, like, I think I have a really great idea. And then somebody goes, Simpsons did it. And you go, damn it. Everyone's been why. there. But then you get excited because you're just like, I can't wait to watch that episode. I, get home. <laughs> I know. I know. I've experienced the weirdest Simpsons did it moment, which is so, like, in my writer's room, because I'm the most Simpsons obsessed, I'm often policing for like subconscious accidental Simpsons lines. Somebody will oh, yeah. say something like somebody had an episode where they're like, oh, and there could be a, a guy um, at the pizza parlor, I don't know, named Luigi or something. I'm like, that's the name of the Simpsons. That's the name of the Simpsons pizza pie guy. Um, but the weirdest one we had was we currently have Josh Weinstein, one of the writers of The Simpsons, a mm-hmm. show ran uh, in the early days. And he did a joke that was very similar to an old Simpsons joke. And I realized <laughs> it's not because he's copying The Simpsons. It's because he wrote it the first time. And this is just where his jokes come right, from. Right. Whoa. So amazing. Even The Simpsons writers <laughs> accidentally copy The Simpsons. Well, yeah. Well, comedy is all muscle memory. It's just yes. about like doing the math and forming combinations at work and hit with crowds. Or hit with whatever form of entertainment You just blew my mind a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I do stand up. And so, you know, like that's sort of the constant you find 
that it's just all like a muscle memory of like, oh, the beats in these jokes work. Yeah. So that's why this, like, there are like five different paths you could choose. There are five different doors. Right. You just pick one and that can work in this way or whatever. <laughs> and probably what was so exciting for me as a kid who was obsessed with comedy, watching The Simpsons for the first time, was discovering the first time, every time they invented a new comedy equation on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. with like, I, I didn't know you could do a joke like that. Absolutely. Like, they just, that's, that's making a joke out of how it's not a joke. Like, like every new type of joke, like The Simpsons in its prime years was sort of this just like primordial soup of like new joke forms crawling out of the ooze that like had never existed before and now everybody's just yeah. you know we're living in a world of people sort of talking in that language right right but also I'm sure like those creators were feeling like they were being at least a little hacky to what they were trying to emulate <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. even your greatest heroes feel like they're hacks to somebody mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is comforting uh, and I want to go back to equations just because it's so interesting to me that a show that is so funny is so largely like like based in math like there's a yeah. lot of literal math and science that goes mm-hmm. on to the show and do we... you mean a math magician <laughs> <laughs> uh but even so julia and i today both brought our episode guide books with us yeah which uh, are just because we're good we're good students for listeners these books are enormous they this are is like, like a giant red book of kells simpsons that you could world. kill someone absolutely with. yeah simpsons world the ultimate episode guide which we'll be using uh throughout the show yeah i commented earlier about how i i don't understand how it made it to my door through the mail like it is so <laughs> hefty no mail slot on earth could contain the no, girth of this it was, book it was like a you know a decaying box that showed up at my doorstep anyway yeah it, but anyway it point really Dexter is damage. on this page and yeah. it's just uh, it, well that's not actually but it's <laughs> it's wonderful and it's great and I wanted to uh, ask you what the episode is that we're talking about since we both have our pages open we know hey, fantastic question <laughs> Uh, I actually put a lot of thought into which episode I wanted to talk about today. About, it was sort of torturous you. to me because... Yeah, it's like picking a favorite child. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. If you had hundreds Easier of children. Equally funny. Didn't even know where to start. If you like, were 25 kids and counting, oh, you had God. to pick a favorite child. Well, this is the heartwarming child. kid, but this one has... This kid's got oh, a lot This kid's got, got some really back. hilarious visual gags, and this kid represents the era of the 90s. Um, so, like, I thought, I don't know, I, I thought of a lot of ones that are super, super popular, super like, oh, yeah, everybody's gonna, like, oh. Which makes sense, because the, the premise yeah. of the show does kind of make you want to grab the good makes ones Makes you want to grab the good ones first. Yeah, I got, I was, I got a little greedy for a second. I'm like, just, <laughs> I'm just gonna do monorail, do and, monorail. <laughs> and the last exit to Springfield, and who shot Mr. Burns in one episode. Or Screw you, everybody. Or you only move twice. You're, yeah, one. I'm just gonna steal that. I'm gonna <laughs> gobble it up. And then I realized, like, oh, what do I have to say about this episode? They're amazing. Like, Right, End of right. conversation. Right, right. Um, so I was like, okay, is there an episode that actually like reminds me of like when I was a kid watching The Simpsons and it was literally informing my worldview, like when my mind was like a baby's soft skull, like what left a thumbprint that never went away? And I realized, oh, Bart's Comet taught me about this feeling of impending doom, so that's why the episode I want to do <laughs> yeah. is Bart's Comet, because like this episode, I feel like I, death is a very fuzzy concept to children, and you're normally not used to sitting with your parents at 8 o'clock, eating dinner, watching television, and seeing an episode like, oh, here comes another sitcom, here comes Home Improvement, oh, and what's The Simpsons today? It's about how we're all going to die in the apocalypse, yeah. and what would you do if you had 24 hours to just make peace with that concept um and i think like my entire like people say like oh like i feel like when people talk about theology like my only response is like simpsons 
That's my religion. <laughs> yeah. Like that was my introduction to terrifying concepts. That was my introduction to answers to those terrifying concepts. Um, so this is an episode I haven't watched it in a really long time, but it's one I kind of wanted to like dig into those like weird emotions of like how comedy can explore just like the deepest weirdest fears. You know what I mean? Yeah. And paranoia. And I think about this like in the context of like a cartoon which. Around that time, I mean, Simpsons, of course, revolutionized the the medium because um, there weren't a lot of adult-oriented cartoons at the time. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, we both work in kids' entertainment, and um, for a lot of these premises, it's just like, I didn't know we could do that within this. Like, that's something... I'm consistently blown away by the writers of The Simpsons for just attempting, somebody just pitching this. Like, I feel like (laughs) it seems insane. Yeah, I mean, they were hacking their way through a jungle with a machete. They're like, we're clearing new ground for the idea of what comedy can be. Like, just like, once we've done it, now the the space is wider for other people to create what's the next step like right. but but these were first steps yeah like there's nothing on tv comparable to this before this happened which can be said of many many episodes but there's, there's just a darkness in here you know yeah. what i mean like the literal plot is about all of them are about to die like <laughs> that i just i think like has never had never existed before and they have a bunch of episodes like that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah like uh, um, the one where um, Ned has a bomb shelter mm-hmm. and everyone like crowds into it with the angel. Well, that, oh yeah, you know, that, the, the, this one has a bomb shelter. The angel one. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was it season one or two. The episode where Homer actually thinks he has twenty four hours to live and he's trying to decide what to do. Like oh, they right, played yeah. with that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they like figured out like how do we top it and also make it hysterically funny at the mm-hmm. same time. It's funny because I just realized um, spoiler alerts for any Gravity Falls fans who might be listening. Like like my this this particular season of the of the show I'm working on. Uh, has a lot of hints towards an upcoming end of the world scenario, like baked into the show, yeah. um, and it's weird to look back and be like, "Oh, I, I think again, once again, <laughs> I'm just accidentally copying The Simpsons," you know? <laughs> Except we deliver. We deliver. Yeah. People die. Get ready, kids. Oh, no. Get ready to cry, oh, children. No. It's gonna be messed up. Oh, Kristen Shaw's character, I love her. Hey, you know what? No one lives forever, kids. Right, Grow up. Right. Get some chest hair, babies. <laughs> Chest hair babies. You heard it here first. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt. What do you, what do you I think, think? We can make that happen. <laughs> we uh, we Chest have a merch store. Babies. <laughs> um, let's get into the meat of this episode. When is the last time that you saw this? By the way, is it fresh in your mind? Because it is all in this episode guidebook. I, I haven't. I probably haven't seen this episode since uh, college. So I don't know, the two thousand five or something. It's been a long time, and it's one of those episodes that when you, I mean, when you told me what you were going to choose, this is one of the last ones I would have ever yeah. guessed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you well put it, uh, you are more of a uh, episode ten guest. Like we should right, let it right. get to. But <laughs> I, I think this is a perfect way to start because it does kind of make you get into a more developed part of the since this is season six already, mm. um, and it has every character in it because you have to get the town all together and yeah. you have so much happening that is not really typical of a common Simpsons episode really. Mm-hmm. Um, 90% voiced by Hank Azarian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 5% Harry Shearer. I'm wondering if we should read what the episode guide says happens or if we should just discuss. Uh, maybe let's read the first paragraph. First paragraph. Would you like to do the honors? Sure. I feel like I'm in school. <laughs> um, as punishment for a school prank involving a weather balloon during science week, Principal Skinner makes Bart assist him with an amateur astronomy project that begins at 4.30 in the morning. Weird detail. Skinner <laughs> <laughs> remarks 
<laughs> then he has a dream of one day having a celestial body named after him. When he spots the vandalized weather balloon, he leaves the telescope unattended for a moment to try to retrieve it. While Skinner is away, Bart spots a comet and reports it to the observatory. The astronomers at the observatory congratulate Bart <laughs> on his discovery and name the comet after him. Principal Skinner is crushed by the news. So important details of this. The the prank that they're talking about is uh, this great giant balloon that says, Hi, I'm Big Butt Skinner, yeah. which is maybe one of my favorite things I've ever seen. And I don't know exactly how Bart went about it. It's very impressive. <laughs> we don't need to know. That's the thing I like about the it's writers absurdist. being like, yeah, it's silly and you know, Exactly. Exactly. You don't yeah. need to prove it, but it's so funny when you have such scientific stuff going on uh, to have like these very elaborate pranks mm-hmm. at the same time. The, the, I mean, that's one of the Simpsons' sort of magic powers is ridiculously smart jokes next to ridiculously stupid jokes. Oh, yeah, like, all on at once. purpose, all at once. Like it's a full meal of the full spectrum of intelligence that you Absolutely. can experience, and it really uh, elevates the dumb jokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the dumb jokes are funnier next to smart jokes. It makes it makes you pick them apart and go, "What does this really mean?" Yeah. And it's really just a dumb joke. <laughs> well, I always thought it's so funny because like it's like you know Bart is a, is always described as a, like a stupid a, a bad student like not as smart as his sister like you know got Homer's dumbness gene and yet as a kid my imperson my interpretation of Bart was always oh he's the smartest one like oh why is that it's because Bart didn't buy anyone's bullshit. Like, yeah. even Homer, like, had to go to work and had to go to church. And even though he... Homer was lazily resigned to the adult world, like, Bart didn't buy it for a second. Like, Bart had this sort of insane, like, just, like, rebel streak that seemed... It didn't seem like it came out of laziness. It seemed like it came out of inspiration. Yeah. Like, it seemed like, oh, he's got the mind, like... And I guess, you know, it's Matt Groening kind of channeling his childhood self. But, like, he has the mind of, like, a funny anarchist... Not an idiot. And, like, stuff like this, like, when Bart, when I see as a kid, oh, Bart made this balloon himself, and it's got this sign. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Like, Bart's a badass. Like, I didn't think, like, and in retrospect, it's weird, because I watch these episodes, and, like, there's a lot of episodes that make a lot of hay out of the comparison between him and Lisa, Lisa being smart and him being dumb, but, like, his attitude seemed smart. Like, it seemed like that's the right attitude to have, like, in this world of idiots, you know, all these morons he's surrounded by, like, he doesn't buy it, he does whatever the hell he wants, and that seemed smarter than the alternative mm-hmm. you know what i mean but it's weird because i do remember like oh yeah he's a t- supposed to be a terrible student like <laughs> he's presented as an idiot it actually kind of bums me out that in episodes that predict what bart's future might be oh, they yeah. always oh, indicate shame. bart is like oh he's a just gonna be janitor. like a has-been loser and i'm like that's not the bart that's that's not the bart that made Budzilla. like the bart that made Budzilla is like He's gonna do something awesome. Like, oh yeah, he's gonna he do seems something more. And and I'm and I'm sorry for this comparison, but he seems way more Steve Jobsy to me. He, he than could be, else. you know what I mean? And he'd probably like or flame even out John and like, okay, even John Lennon, yeah, something <laughs> like he would do something memorable and amazing with yeah. with that spirit that he has. I mean, yeah, he's got to captivate other people yeah. and, and like with his charisma. He's popular, he, yeah, he's charismatic. Mm-hmm. Well, in the very he beginning, they imagined him. He could be. They imagined him being a it was a daredevil in the in the episode we wanted to grow up and be a daredevil like and that makes honestly way more sense he's gonna be an entertainer in some way i mean he already kind of has he's been on conan like so I, pretty impressive. <laughs> Only I'm a dance. I balk at the conan at, at the con, uh, uh, canon future for yeah. Bart. I say yeah. nay to that canon yeah. future. He deserves better in my head canon. Right, right. He does deserve better, he but does. that is the joke. You he know? grows like, up to something amazing. Right, right. And I believe it. Like I believe he creates it. the Simpsons when he gets older. Whoa! Boom. Mind blow. Snake eating a tail. Last episode, we just called it here, America. That's <laughs> boom, what's going boom, to happen. Boom. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I'm sorry. I interrupted the. No, I interrupted the. Uh, 
No, summary. no. There is a lot of summary going on here, but that is the gist of it. There is a comet coming, and it is headed towards Springfield. And, and Bart's excitement over being a celebrity turns to horror when he realizes that everyone's death is named after him, right? Isn't that kind of the vibe of, like, am I misremembering? Like, or that isn't there he this... somehow had a part in it, even though... He feels though... responsible yeah. in some way. And yeah. he gets... Doesn't he get inducted into this group of nerds because they think he's a, like, you're a fellow cosmonaut or whatever? Which is great, and I yeah. love there's just this moment where they're introducing the different nerds and just they they each get their little you know quick shot in camera, line yeah. yeah camera time they get their and, close up. and lisa's is just her kind of like <laughs> blinking and this like can i read the quote please it's please so good. they're called the super friends here i'll read the whole scene <laughs> please do as the first student at springfield elementary to discover a comet we're very proud to make you a member of our very select group welcome to super friends huh Art goes, huh yeah uh welcome super friend I am called Ham since I enjoy Ham Radio. <laughs> this is email. Cosine or cosine? Cosine. Cosine. <laughs> Report card, database, and Lisa. Lisa smirks at Bart. Your nickname will be Cosmos. Oh, yes! Oh, that reminds that. me of uh, the one rave I've ever been to. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, this must have been a good rave. It was hard fest. I was in college, uh, whatever. I was walking around and some girl on E walked up to me and she goes, I'm going to name you. And she put out her hand and she goes, your name is Maud. And then just walked away. That's not even a creative name. It's not name. even a creative name. Well, oh, that must have been so hard names. for you because then you had to call your parents and say, like, change my birth certificate. And I, I sat down, I sat down dejected on the street corner right next to a guy getting a light show from somebody's, like, finger lights. <laughs> it was, and I said, that's the most selfless task I can think of. Like, that guy's not enjoying it at all. <laughs> it's like giving someone else a massage. <laughs> what do you do? He's just moving his hand. I mean, I think on ecstasy, people are really excited to help out other people. I suppose. They imagine that they're being useful by naming you mud and then throwing right. light bulbs at other people's faces. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't enough to get me to come back to the next rave. I was like, uh... They're like, I can get this experience from The Simpsons, right? <laughs> I can get weird nicknames Unsubscribe, from this I said to that rave email chain. <laughs> Unsubscribe. So you kind of already talked about this at the beginning, but what about this episode uh, is making it like last up until now? Made like, it come forward? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was like I said, I was looking at a bunch of episodes and I was looking for something that I had a specific emotional connection to that felt really unique to my experience. And like for me, my love of The Simpsons like had its kind of most red hot fervor when I was like sort of like late middle school, like early high school, um, like uh, and and. I remember that this episode came out when I was 10, um, and it 10 is a very young age, but it, it planted the seed in my mind, because like I said, like, I knew, hey, we're all going to die one day in an abstract way, but I think like this episode, like, I remember the moment that they, the, the rocket goes up, and it's about to hit the comet, and then it goes, it misses the comet, mm -hmm. and the comet's still coming, and everyone in Springfield's like, oh, well, shit. Yeah. I guess we're all going to die. And, like, I was just so used to watching, like, these Simpsons characters. And, like, I'm like, oh, and then every week they almost get in trouble and they get out of it. And then, like, as that, like, as that comet, as, as that rocket missed the comet, like, death. Like, yeah, this was, like, yeah. the Sesame Street episode where, like, we're introducing a new word this week. Death. Yeah. Like, it actually, like, 
hit my brain and it kind of and like I was like oh huh huh and I was just sort of like nervously laughing at all the other jokes but like I was definitely freaked out as a 10 year old at this concept absolutely and I remember it burning up and landing on the ground and being no larger than a chihuahua's head just as Homer Matt described as he prophesied (laughs) um and then be like oh okay (laughs) that death thing I don't have to think about that at all (laughs) but it was like this seed that just kind of was planted and it was sort of growing and growing. And by the time I hit the age of 12, I think, like, it had fully bloomed into, like, a full-out, like, panic about, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Death is real. It's going to happen. It could come from the sky. It could be a comet. And around that same time, like, I was, like, I was saying, like, oh, The Simpsons is my religion. Like, The Simpsons sort of introduced the fear of death to me. And I'm, like, (laughs) what's... What's the answer, Mom? Like, I'm really freaked out. Like, we're all going to die one day. What do I do? She's like, um, well, we're a bunch of secular hippies in the Bay Area. So, um, you know, some people believe in uh, the Buddha or, you know, maybe if you're nice, you'll come back as a koala or a good creature. I, I-, I don't fucking know. Read some Carl Sagan. So I'm like, okay, Carl Sagan, science. Cool I'm reading mom. it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is good. This is good. There's life out there in the cosmos. It's wonderful. I'm like, ah, I'm feeling a lot better. There's Billions of loose nukes, and the <laughs> odds are that by 1991 or so, one of them will go off. Like I'm like, and I read about all the loose nukes. Like Carl Sagan just makes a point about all the loose nukes and yeah. how like, like statistically, unless we diminish them, and like this book's written in 1975, like they will go off in your lifetime. One of these nukes will take you out, and it was like this suddenly was all I, like literally every night. Like when I was 12, like every night I would go to bed. And just like think about loose nukes. Oh, and think man. like at any moment there will be a white flash, I'll yes. look out the window, I'll see the mushroom cloud rising, I'll have like meh, ten seconds to be like fuck, and then lights out. Yeah. And yeah. it'll be that and it's that that same that same feeling of the rocket missing the comet, like that There's feeling nothing you could do, right? That right. nothing you can do feeling of you see your own demise coming for you, like that like that that seed that had been planted was now like a giant tree that like occupied my entire brain and like it became a problem like I started so in my notebooks like I remember this in seventh grade I sucked at Spanish because my teacher was going way faster than everyone was going way faster than me I couldn't keep up so all I did was draw the Simpsons Mm -hmm. and also write like I'm going to die like oh, over no. and over again on my homework. Wow, if somebody found that notebook. Well, my I mom mean, did find it. Oh, no! Oh, and God. she said, this art is great. You're going to be an artist one day. Also, therapy. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, a child psychiatrist, their ears you are You should have a child psychiatrist because, like, there's only two thoughts in your head and it's death and the Simpsons. Um, like, and something needs Can to be done about this. Can we also make a Death this. in the Simpsons t-shirt? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and so I remember, like, I went to, I went to, she sent me to a child therapist. I only had a few sessions. She asked um, you, what's your favorite episode of The Simpsons? <laughs> <laughs> and you said, it's the one about death. And she went, my work Mine here is too. done. <laughs> Mine too. Well, That's I was, why I'm a therapist. <laughs> I, was, I mean, I like didn't know. I was like, is this good? Is this bad? I don't know. It makes you feel kind of cool at the same time. You're like, huh, I'm so disturbed. I need, I need help. Yeah. Like 12 years old, that's, I mean, I don't think I knew anyone that was going to, I did. (laughs) You did. Well, it's not, it's neither normal or abnormal, you know, like. Yeah, but there's there's something kind of, there's something kind of like, you know, army jacket about that. Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of felt cool about it. I also kind of felt like maybe there's something wrong with me. And (laughs) it was one of those things where the first day I go in, the first thing the guy says to me is, hey, so, gosh, you're an artist, huh? Your mom told me you're an artist. What do you like? Oh, I like The Simpsons. I like The Simpsons. Let's talk about The Simpsons. Oh, wow. 
And so he like he just was talking to me about the episode that had aired that week. And he was I remember like at first like, okay, yeah, this guy's pretty cool. And then immediately judging his taste. He was like, <laughs> you know what? That show is so great. This one episode had this crazy ending and you never see it coming. And it was like like it was just around where I was starting to think the episodes aren't as good as they used to be. Right. And I was like, hmm, I don't know about it's this. It's almost guy. worse when people <laughs> like the things you like for the wrong reasons than yeah. if they don't like the things you like at all. Which and you started feel like as bonding. Made your bed and you're just yeah, like trying like, to like oh. like shrivel out of it. Actually, and I, yeah. It's actually um, I don't like the Simpsons that much, but um. it quickly went from like bonding to like this isn't right. There's something weird here about you can't this guy. Help me. Yeah. You can't if you can't even tell me which episodes best how are you supposed to get me over my crippling fear of death um and uh i, I mean it I, I only went for three three like sessions i think or four sessions but like i i was mm-hmm. well sort of wow. i i i realized it quickly became apparent to me the first time we talked about the simpsons that was all second time we came in he's like i've got this cool book about magnets aren't magnets neat and i was like Fuck this guy. He thinks I'm like an eight year old. Jesus Christ. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get anything from him. I gotta work on this on my own. Mm-hmm. I gotta think about this. Wow. So like I just like I was just like like just like thinking about like okay, you grow up, you live, you die, and then another thing grows up and lives and dies. It's not comforting to me that the circle of life goes on because I'm not around. Like, I don't wanna die, it's gonna be scary, I'm not gonna experience it, what's that gonna be like? How can I think about this in a way it won't freak me out? Religion, it doesn't work for me. Uh, like I love the Simpsons, I love to laugh, but it's making me think about death more. Um, and uh, I find Finally, I finally came up with a theory in my head that made me not scared of death anymore. I was like, oh, I've got it. This is solid. I'm going to tell my therapist. And I was expecting I'd go in and I'd get like a high five. I was like, okay, I'm not scared of death anymore. He's like, holy <laughs> shit. He's probably thinking he's the therapist of the year, right? And he's right, like, what's right. your theory? And I was or he's like, out of a job. Or he's out of a job. He's like, no, no, no. Um, um, oh, you man. should watch uh, Bard of Darkness. Uh, he, <laughs> he said, okay, what's your theory? And I was like, okay. I was walking down the street. I saw a really old dog on a porch, just flopping over with its ears hanging over the thing. And this dog just looked, it looked tired. It looked warm and it looked happy and it looked comfortable. And I, I saw that image and I was like, okay, like that dog's on his way, but he's not stressed. He's having a good time. Like, like maybe that's just how life works. You start out all energetic and you, you kind of slow down and you kind of ease up and you kind of kick up your heels and you, you kind of spend more time in bed. Maybe you're hospitalized. You sleep a lot and then you sleep forever. And I was like feeling great about it. And I was like waiting for him to be like, you're cured. And instead he said, oh, oh no, 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 no. You know, a lot of people in their older years, they actually become more active because after they retire, they, 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 they take up hobbies and they, and they jog. And, and I could see in his eyes, oh my God, I've triggered his midlife crisis fears. Like my thing that makes me feel better, the idea that you get old, you slow down is terrifying to him because he's actually closer to death uh. than me. And I could see in his eyes, he's more scared of death than I am. Wow. He's panicked and the things I'm saying are exactly what he's trying to chase away in his own head every night and he knows less about this than me and he's more scared than I am. <laughs> and it just seemed like this guy's such an idiot. I don't know what to think anymore but I just kind of, it was too complicated and then I, it, it was like null at that point. Oh, there's, I was like, there's a lot of beauty to that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really remarkable. Wow, yeah. But like that's how I said before like I felt like Bart's smarter than everyone else yeah. around him. Like, I felt like, okay, I'm at least smarter than this asshole. Like, <laughs> right, right. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't be you so see, worried. You guys both like, see through people's shit, like you said, and that makes sense. Like, you, right. you get something on a core level that, that mm-hmm. you can't really learn from the, the books that Lisa, you know, is so 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, she's book smart and she's a lot of kinds of smart, but but Bart does have that kind of street smart that really gets it. Yeah. I saw well and that's that's the thing. It's like I saw I saw that this guy was scared and like I'm like, okay, like if adults running around are just as scared as kids are, then mm-hmm. like it's fine. It's gonna be okay. Like that's but like when I just like when I think about like like oh flipping through the book, like I see Bart's comment and like that whole chapter of my like you know growing up like that is sort of like I taste it watching this episode. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like like yeah. in that moment of yeah. like like when you're first starting. Like do you remember when you first when it first occurred to you like oh shit. That thing that happens to the goldfish in the bowl is going to happen to me eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think not to turn this into a death no, cast, no, no, but no, I'm just no. curious Actually, how other people deal I, with this stuff. I really as a relate kid. to your mm-hmm. panic. I mean, I, I also saw a child psychiatrist for like three or four sessions. It wasn't directly related to my fears of death. It was more of just about not fitting in socially, whatever. But like, or I whatever, I don't know, or whatever, I don't know. <laughs> um, my sister, it turns out, I discovered years later, uh-huh. was also we were both seeing a therapist. And we didn't tell each other. Oh wow! And mine was because I was scared of death, and her was because like the social world sucks in middle school yeah, like yeah. so like that's middle school is way worse than anything thing, else yeah. that a girl can experience <laughs> um including childbirth but um uh so I lived through the 94 Northridge earthquake, mm. and um, that became terrifying to me. Like, before that happened, I can see it as, like, a dividing line. Before the 94 earthquake, I was, like, a bold, courageous kid, like, not afraid of anything. Then the 94 earthquake happened, and everything shifted, literally. <laughs> and um, and I, nice. yeah, <laughs> professional. Um, but I had, like, PTSD for, like, years mm. after that, because I just felt like nowhere was safe. Every room that I walked into. Your reason to fear the world was much more legitimate than mine. (laughs) Thank you. We're done here. Um, (laughs) No, I just, I I didn't trust anything and it was, it was terrifying. And I remember in science class in school hearing uh, my science teacher talk about how like our coast, like California is going to like edge down into the ocean and be like, no. You don't forget that stuff as a kid. You don't forget it. And it really like, it made a really terrible imprint on my brain. And also hearing about um, how the sun's gonna die. Oh my mm-hmm. god! And even though worst. that's like billions of years from now, I just I kind of stopped listening after the sun was gonna burn out. <laughs> I was like, no, what is that gonna be? So I became intimately aware of of how um, of my mortality at a very young age, and and started to freak out. And similarly, like looked into science and was like using yeah. that as sort of a clutch. I also grew up religious, and then like at around like 13, 14, was like, that's some bull. I mean, I would think I felt that There's that earlier. questioning age where it becomes yeah. red hot. Yeah, I think or actually probably around 12. I was like, oh, I don't know. And then read more science. But science can be comforting, but it also can be absolutely terrifying. It can be deeply say, frightening. Yeah. Because yeah. my moment of that, like, oh, God, mm-hmm. was just there's this video that they show in some some science class where it's just it starts in like a person's house and then it backs up and you see the neighborhood and it keeps backing up. And oh, backing you're talking up about the powers of 10. Yes. That was made and by Charles and Ray. So, oh my god. Yes, yeah, it was. They're the most in, that's the my most next tattoo actually. Yeah. But anyway, you just keep going back and back and you just see how insignificant you are and that even though you will die, that doesn't really matter because yeah. you're so small in the scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And those fears are so real and the Simpsons covers them. Yeah. How yeah. remarkable. Is that's funny that you Simpsons get to it. That's funny that you reference that specifically of of feeling minuscule because that's comforting to me in oh, the sense god, of it makes you want to puke. It's comforting to me in the sense of like not every 
everything's such a big deal the way okay, people make well, that's it. that's true. In, like, everyday life, like, in, um, yeah, just things that people stress out about, uh, career stuff, you know, uh, social stuff, I like, feel celebrity stuff. I'm like, none of that celebrity shit matters. Do you realize? You can put all your problems into perspective. Like, all, my, mm-hmm. all the world's problems are small because the universe is so big. But also, like everything I love... And also my consciousness is so small, like both of those things are kind of Oh, that I have no meaning and no significance. I'm a drop in the like, puddle. Like for me, those like... Those definitely are like uh, that's, really fine. Those are the two they're equal really, feelings you feel equal. at the same time. Yeah. For, for me, like what happens when I try to think, like I'm not, like the concept of infinity, like is less scary to me and more like, you know, you just have too many files open on your computer at once and it crashes. Like yeah. it's just my mental RAM is like, fuck, peace out. I'm done. Right, Like right. I just like, I'm like, oh, it's actually nice. I hit the wall of how much I can even understand. And like, there's a little zap. And I chuckle. Like, am, honestly, I kind of, this is a weird theory, but, like, that's my theory of, like, what humor is. Like, I think humor is, like, people tasting the impossible, like, people tasting the limits of what your brain can reach. And you should commit suicide, but evolution's like, no, no, we'll weed them out. How about instead they, like, spaz out and make a wacky sound and we flood them with endorphins and move them away from that wall? Because otherwise, they're just going to jump off the cliff like lemmings. Like, yeah. that's sort of my theory. So it's like, science and humor are like my, like, how do I deal in a world without religion? Like, science makes me more scared. And then I hit the wall and then zap and I, <laughs> yeah, and then I right. laugh. Absolutely. And then I bounce back. Absolutely. And I'm like, oh, thank goodness for this humor here. Because well, otherwise... Just humor in general, I mean, yeah. uses any fears of any any kind. I do think that that's a great, that's a great point because I think that you get sad enough or hurt enough or something miserable enough that either you do kill yourself or you laugh. You say this is so absurd. And then it breaks, something breaks and then yeah. it's the funniest thing in the world. Oh, like yeah. I think the, the like cathartic laughing is oh my God. the best laughing. It, it absolutely which is. is. Why, yeah, it which absolutely is, is. Which is kind of, you know, when you mentioned this episode to me, it really did baffle me. <laughs> it really is such a important lesson of like yeah. these characters who we love, this is six years that we've already been with them or even if we just started watching, you know, there's so much chemistry between everyone here and we really care about them and they could die yeah. especially when you're a kid and you don't really understand you don't how understand right well, you, just don't also, know, like, yeah. you don't know that like, <laughs> they don't want the show to end the Simpsons and they're not gonna the most... end it by killing them yeah yeah no, no. but like actually <laughs> but they should actually and this is early that's in how, season too do you guys remember the show dinosaurs because that's literally oh, yeah. that's how they ended dinosaurs did you guys ever see the With last the, episode the of dinosaurs they all do die but to be fair that's how dinosaurs die yes no it was inevitable um, I mean, you kind of, but even still, like, but like, you that was television saying like, "Hey, you want to grow to love some characters?" Dinosaurs. Guess what a comet means? <laughs> they all gonna die this week. Yeah, like I didn't know. Plus, like, like itchy and scratchy. Like Simpsons was definitely the most violent cartoon I'd ever seen. And there's so I'm been like, a death. Anything Frank can Grimes happen. Dies. That's that's yeah. true. Spoiler alert for sorry, anyone sorry, listening. Sorry. Oh God, <laughs> grimy does not you, make it. You said facetiously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like there's anyone who's managed who's to listen to this much who doesn't know everything about Frank Grimes. I know doesn't know exactly. How it, if hey. you're listening to this and you don't know how Frank Grimes died, how did you get to this corner of right. the internet? You know, you could buy Frank Grimes or property of Frank Grimes pre- pencils on eBay. <laughs> They're made in China. Oh I bought God. them for my friend. I hate I hate hearing a perfect gift to give to myself. I I'm know, like, well, right? great, yeah, I'm gonna really be, I'm really gonna win some points with me when right, I do right. that. Right, right, yeah. Like, who am I gonna use that? I on? know. Who love it as much Hello. as me. Oh, yeah, over now here. Now you've met other people that you can gift. <laughs> yeah, That's like true. you said, this podcast really is just to put a mic on something that already happens mm-hmm. all the time. Like we are so obsessed. You're so obsessed. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. Like yeah. we, we really, genuinely 
have these discussions anyway. And I feel like that's yeah. the truth with all Simpsons fans. Yeah, I genuinely think everyone is so, anyone that's a, a true Simpsons fan gets so excited the second they get an opportunity to talk about it. Right, and I was going to say that I feel like we're all in like a, a pretty close age range too. So we watch these at a very formidable time in yeah, our lives. Yeah. So we are essentially the Simpsons we children. Are the Simpsons well, and that's why yeah. that's why I want to try to think of something that connects to me. It has to come from that age a little yeah. bit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you're Bart's like, age when you watched this. You were ten. Yeah, that's exactly right. I was Bart at and that I was, age. Yeah, and so I was going like, to ask like which character <clears throat> of the core do you relate to most? Would it be you Bart? Seen for Bart? You? It would be. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would either be Bart or good. Mr. Burns. I'm gonna say. I'm, I'm gonna say. Why it's, Mr. Burns? Well, just because again, those are the two characters who did whatever the hell they wanted to. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. Like when I looked at, I'm like, Marge is trapped in this domestic universe. Homer's trapped in this universe. Lisa. I, I I actually became a vegetarian around the same time that episode aired. Yeah. I like I like mad respected Lisa. I like Lisa, but it's like. Lisa, Lisa wasn't my id, you know what I mean? Right, it's right, like right. this is why I love Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes. Like they all had that same like like I see the universe, it's arbitrary, I'm gonna make my own, this sort of yeah. weird, crazy, libertarian, fuck it, I, I'm selfish. And like yeah. Mr. Burns had that same thing. Right. Like just that like I will block out the sun. Fuck all y'all, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like and that's right. I could sort of see you know, that's why when Mr. when when Bart becomes Mr. Burns' heir, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, that kind of works. He sees the diabolical Absolutely. spirit I agree. of invention. He's Mr. Burns in he, some he ways. Really is. It, he could become, that's a possible you dark future for Mr. Bart. You Mr. Burns, though, is very interesting <laughs> considering that you run a TV show. That's so true, I yeah. assume that, I mean, I, I've never worked on your TV show, yeah. but I'm sure if we interviewed people that have. They'd say, we'll oh, scale from one to ten, how many hounds does he release <laughs> on a daily basis? Yeah. Like, how, how does he does he beat seven the monkeys at typewriters? Uh, a respectable seven to ten young monkey typewriters. <laughs> it was the best of times. Yeah. It was the blurst of times. Does, does he ask you to see his vest? <laughs> it's, it, it, it's, it's weird because I hadn't thought about, like, who do I relate to most before you asked that question. But, like, immediately I saw, like, the... For those listening, I'm doing an excellent right. gesture. I'm hunching over and, and <laughs> well, we putting my have, fingers yeah. together with glee. We all have, like... like uh, a little bit of every core Simpsons character in us. It's like, it, it's it's like the human spectrum blown yeah. out into all the yeah, different absolutely. colors of the rainbow, and you're the, you're all of them at the same time. Mm-hmm. Is there a uh, is there a, is there a Simpsons character you most relate to? Um, I like Lisa a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, um, duh, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I felt like, especially growing up, that I was way more, well, here's what I spent my uh, allowance on. I ran, didn't walk, I ran to Barnes & Noble every week and bought, like, whatever $5 book they had and, like, got really into <laughs> these, like, like young adult, like, like probably too adult for, like, a, an 11, 12-year-old to yeah. read, but I was, like, into it. And, so when you're um, reading these yeah. books that are, like, above your age, were you, like, totally getting it all or were you kind of like faking your way through but like kind of feeling like I'm kind of a badass 75% of Uh the way Um, I I do really really love how at least the kids I know and definitely myself would would do that kind of a little bit faking it like you can tell that something especially Mm -hmm. in the Simpsons when there are so many references that you you couldn't possibly get but you get that it's funny and so you kind of laugh anyway and then you rewatch it as an adult and you're just like 
this is the funniest reference I've ever heard <laughs> right, in my life. Right, right. But you know, you just see it then, and you're just like, well, it must be funny because Homer's saying it. Yeah, yeah. 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 We're, when we're kids, we're listening to like the musical rhythm of like set a punchline and laughing because that's what we feel compelled Cadence to of a do. joke. Yeah, yeah. But then, you know, rewatching it, that's what's been such a treat in rewatching now that FX has every single episode. And then I, of course, have, you know, a bunch of DVD box sets, but to rewatch it. With the commentary. It, with the commentary. Um, <laughs> and to find those hidden jokes. Yeah. And it's, I still find them today it's incredible yeah i mean like i feel like my whole life has just been gradually learning how to understand the simpsons episodes that i loved as a kid and only understood was faking my way through a lot of it like Mm -hmm. but that's like i just like life like like life exactly (laughs) i'm like but simpsons gets better the older you get like yeah absolutely as opposed to some other things that you might have loved at that age that then you're like oh god yeah that are so empty wrong with me like they were a promise or they were a wish fulfillment on tv and that was all they were like like that's the Mm -hmm. working in kids tv as i do like there's this sort of like the Simpsons is the gold standard of like how can you create something that everyone will because like as a kid like I didn't get any of the jokes but I got like like Homer's hilarious because he's so stupid anything that comes out of his mouth is going to be funny like mm-hmm. Bart is smarter than everybody else he does whatever the hell he wants you know what I mean like like you've got just and then these just hilarious ridiculous stereotypes that are constantly yeah. doing whimsical insane things and like mm-hmm. I understood the personalities and I understood I like I got the slapstick and I got the personalities and I got the relationships right and then I got a quarter of the jokes right but the show had such good personalities and relationships and slapstick right that you didn't even have to get more than a quarter of the jokes to completely it was so well rounded and drawn funny and and the music's great well and the taste and and feeling like i don't know what that means made it like a puzzle it made it like a riddle it made it like so much more fun than like other stuff where you'd be like i am i totally get this i love it this week because i'm seven and ding i just turned eight i hate (laughs) this show now like, right, right. Like it was weird. I was talking to some uh, some younger relatives of mine a few years back, and I was like, "Hey, so what what shows do you guys like?" And the the boy he was like, "Oh, you know, I I like SpongeBob." And I asked the girl, "What do you like?" She's like, "Oh, I don't know." And he's like, "She likes Hannah Montana." And she went, "No, I don't. Not anymore." And like grabbed his mouth to try to silence him. I was like, "Oh, like that's what that's what happens if a thing only hits one age group is like suddenly some little brain zap grows, some wrinkle grows, and you're like, oh." crap i've been had shit (laughs) so what the key is is to create something that has enough layers yeah it's worth digging in for that much time i um so my mom's worked at disney um for 23 years so i grew up around animators and i remember very like a vivid memory of like her having some sort of like summer barbecue party and like sitting in the living room and watching an episode of ren and stimpy and having (laughs) all of these animators sort of gather and start laughing at things i didn't know were funny and like really loving it in a way that I didn't I didn't understand at the time but seeing that in that show have so many layers and to be broadened out to like such an expansive audience and Stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. There's a magnetic vibe about There's it. There's a magnetic like, oh, vibe. Oh, this show is my cool, cooler old brother who knows sh- stuff that I don't know. Yeah. So, um, the I asked people that listen that have not listened to the show yet, but people that will hopefully listen to this. <laughs> uh, I asked them what was your first experience with The Simpsons? What was uh-huh. your first memory? And a lot of people talked about how they were not allowed to watch the show. Oh, and I know wow. that we all have those friends yeah. that were not allowed to watch yeah. it, which is and kind of. Everyone has a Flanders friend. Yeah. yeah. But it's such a family-friendly show. And yeah. what you guys are talking about, how it works 
to adults too. I feel like if if these parents had sat down with it and not written it off, they would have seen like there are jokes for me, there are jokes for them, and it's a very moral show. Each mm-hmm. episode, I mean, you have Bart to kind of show you like what you shouldn't do. He gets yeah. punished and reprimanded in every episode. Yeah. It's not like he's ever just getting away with things. Well, but... I believe that that came from a lot of like the season one backlash. Oh yeah, of, like you know the mothers Crap, against hell, it. Crap! Hell, damn it! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't have a cow, man. And how you when Bart was shirts. doing the Bart man, yeah, mm-hmm. that's when. That but it, whole I mean, it was also happened. just like I mean. From what I've read and the writers I've talked to, just like James L. Brooks's was like his mandate was like these should be like he was sort of the Judd Apatow of his era in the sense that like there should be some character relationship here like the characters should like each other yeah like it it can't just be all snark mm-hmm. like and like it 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 does seem to me like as as dark as it gets as weird as it gets like a weirdly moral show like I mean look at this episode Bart's comet like this episode you know that's as dark as an image you can possibly imagine this comet's all about to kill them how does it end sure it's tongue in cheek but it ends with everyone in town agreeing to sacrifice the whole town rather than let one person oh. die outside like that's this, amazing I just got that's as like the like dramatic thing. and sweet and crazy of a twist as you could possibly imagine and even even though it's kind of sarcastic with them all singing the song, it's also affecting. It like, is. you love all of these characters for the fact that they do that. Even a selfish jerk like Homer, like, none of them can really bear. And Homer's so just like, kill Flanders. <laughs> yeah. Like, it goes, it goes as dark as that. And yet they all agree. They all make the right choice. And then it's got the kind of, like, extra ironic twist of the, the thing hits the bomb shelter. And if they had stayed there, all of them would have died. Like, yeah. because they were all they were good enough. for their goodness. Yeah. And it's like, even though you think about the episode, the first first thing you think about is what's most quotable about this episode but like Mm -hmm. most episodes if you dig into them you're like oh there was just this meal there was this emotional meal that like that made it all tie together at the end that kind of like cauterized it like this is solid this is secure um i will say though that the uh, caserasera like creeps me the fuck out now (laughs) yeah yeah i i I can't hear those words and be like oh oh it's the apocalypse here it comes yeah i know this is the end of the world i do think about that too whenever i hear that yeah that's like that's probably like what I imagine. I mean, if it happens, you know, we might live through it. The the, the polar ice caps are melting. Anything's possible. We might live through the end of the world. Like I guess I guess I just gotta blare it. I guess I gotta find a radio and blare that right. song because at least I understand this yeah. emotion. I'm like, okay, this is my first. Install like one of those like cop PA's into your car and yeah. just sort of like roll around or steal like roll an ice around. cream truck or something. But it's gotta be the Simpsons version. It's gotta be Flanders. Yeah, man. I was just a little girl. It's gotta oh, be God. Flanders. Is really I asked my mother. <laughs> it really is a touching episode, and I think that every good Simpsons episode has a bunch of jokes but it's the heart of it that really really gets it I mean yeah. the the episodes of mine that I love the best are sometimes the least quotable but right, are right. you know uh, sad and sweet and a lot of your a least lot of substitute that's, types that's my number one I, I, oh, I yeah. thought about it yeah, and I was like I, I was like uh, there's somebody better, more eloquent, <laughs> and more sweet to describe their love of Lisa Substitute than me. That is like the yeah. most affecting that is, that of them all. That is my very, very, very favorite episode, and I must give a shout out to Julia, who made me from her own hands and heart and brain <laughs> made me a stitched 
version of the note from Mr. Bergstrom that says you a are stitched Lewison. version of that. So it was like Lisa a note Simpson. pad, or it's like um, a... I used felt and I uh, embroidery floss and needle. And oh my god! Stitched. We will post pictures of this everywhere. Tears and actual heartstrings that you surgically <laughs> removed from you your made, body. You made I me made the note. It. You are I Lisa Simpson it. is is my very favorite, and that's that's an episode that we will get to in the future. But yeah. that was just, that's just you know one to to sh- to that's kind of show the on the range of just how like sweet and oh, yeah. So so. I like sweet. I like parent child episodes. Um, I'm always pushing. I, I run Stonecutters LA mm-hmm. that, or I co-run with a lot of other people. Stonecutters LA, a Simpsons trivia show at Nerd Melt at the back of Meltdown Comics. The I'm always every Preemptive plug. Plug 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 plug. I'm always pushing for. We have we sometimes have themed. That's good. Plug 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 plug. Um, we sometimes have themed shows where it'd be like Marge Appreciation Day or Ned Flanders Day or whatever. Um, I'm always pushing for Daddy Daughter Day. Oh Those episodes. You know, there's a lot of really great. So many. Lisa, the beauty pageant episode where yeah. Homer gives up his blimp ride. Is it a blimp ride? Is that the one or am I thinking of a different one? He takes a second job. Am I, I'm, I'm mixing no, up no. different episodes. It's, also, it's, it's easy to mix up episodes. Which is the one where he <laughs> takes a second job at the Quickie Mart? Oh, um, I think yeah. that is the, be- the beauty, yeah, pageant it is a beauty, episode, right? beauty pageant. It is, and she sees how like tired he is and how yeah. hard he's working. Which there's is also, the one where he gives uh, up the blimp? There's also Lisa the Simpson, which is a great one. Lisa the Simpson's great. Um, Lisa the Vegetarian's great. There's so much. Yeah, I, stuff as dumb as them ringing the bell together in Lisa the Iconoclast, oh, or him just kills me. him just saying like her like being like Dad's the only person who believes my theory. Because she and he's like, you're always right about books. Also, like it's that. a later like, one. It's yeah, so sweet. There's a later one, but H O M R. The one mm-hmm. where he oh, gets yeah. the pants in his nose and leave. But anyway, so this, I, this is what this podcast is about. I, yeah, <laughs> we get I, to the episodes I wanna, later. We can't I wanna, just do it all now. I want to do a correction <laughs> sorry, because sorry. actually uh, a future listener, um, a future listener yeah, had gonna, listed... I, I've said 10 wrong things in the past. I know. Minute, it's it's sure. hard. It's easy to mash them up. So yeah. by the way, uh, we have a segment called Krusty Q where each uh-huh. week we're going to ask listeners mm-hmm. uh, a question and we will answer, uh, we will read their answers on the podcast yeah. this week. So this was kind of a true testament to to you guys because we this is the first episode and we already have people that are I know so thank you it's, very much it's incredible I, I'm already hit us so with some crusty cues uh, <laughs> Daniel Bushell uh, wrote that uh, his first memory for his first memory of the Simpsons was Lisa's pony and no. he said Homer not sleeping so that his little girl can have what she wants there's a pony and episode that's, uh, a pony that's episode. when he works at the quick yeah. but it, he posted a really great screen crap of it where it's um, Homer giving her a pony ride yeah Piggyback ride. Oh, piggy, piggyback ride. I mean, whatever. I was in the theme. But uh, I love the <laughs> line. A, a he slept. He st- this is said by a poo. He slept. He stole. He was rude to the customers. Still, there goes the best damned employee a convenience <laughs> store ever had. Wait just a moment. Hey, wait. Let me, take a, let me take a look at this for a second. So that episode ends with Homer giving Lisa a piggyback ride. Yeah. And walking into the sunset. Just like the Does Lisa the Vegetarian have the exact same ending? Yes, it does. Do they walk into the sunset and he says, oops, I mean a veggie back ride? There's a lot of how... sunsetty things. And also... Oh, yeah, Marge and Homer. Do I, have, yeah. I have a question. I have a crusty question for our listeners. Uh, how many episodes of The Simpsons? I have a crusty classic question with a K. Um, hey. How many episodes of The Simpsons end with characters going into the sunset? That's, that's my, a simple Google. That's my, hey, somebody Don't Google, Google it. it. Don't Google I want to know it. the answer. Somebody, okay. somebody well, tweet us the answer. I was going to say, okay, so not, maybe not walking in the sunset, but um, at the end of the episode, 
the episode where um, Lisa helps, uh, it's Daddy Daughter Day, when Lisa helps Homer predict, you know, all of the sports games, oh, yeah, gambling, yeah. whatever. Oh, that one's such they, a They one. go hiking and they, you know, sit on the edge of a cliff and watch the sunset together. And um, real cheese ball alert, I um, took that screen cap and I printed it out and I framed it and I gave it to my dad for Father's Day. Oh, oh God. <laughs> and he was like, why didn't you stitch it, huh? I not even trying. Yeah. Worst daughter. No, that's no, amazing. He that's loved incredible. It. Yeah. We, your your we guys' bonded. Simpsons bona fides blow mine out of the water. <laughs> oh, I don't even have a tattoo of anything. I, you don't have to. I'm, I have a friend who got a Matt Groening signed his arm and then he tattooed. Wow. Really? He tattooed oh, it onto his arm. Um, but he's got a lot of really weird tattoos. So, like, it was like next to like. It was like next to like the like like a bunch of Christian crosses, mm. and then like the the rebel symbol, like and the empire yeah. symbol from Star Wars, and right. a Greek pipe, it's like all just chilling yeah. with the Mac Rain and I like I, I I only have a couple of tattoos uh, right now, like th- three guys. Three? It, it, listeners, she's showing us all her tattoos right now, and our minds are blown by what um, we're seeing. You guys can't I, see it, but I, it's amazing. I like them she's to also make very sense. ripped and is carrying. Oh right yeah, oh my yeah. Gosh. I'm carrying a table that's holding all the podcast equipment. Um, <laughs> I just I I don't know I like my tattoos to make sense within the context of me. Starland vocal band, they <laughs> suck. What? <laughs> get out! That is the only tattoo I would get. I think yeah, it's just an should. ironic Starland vocal band. I want to give a, I want to give a quick shout out to the Instagram account, the Simpsons tattoo. I've uh, never seen this. Describe Simpsons it to me. Um, it's great, and well, they, they my friend this yeah. one too. The the hi, I'm Big Butt Skinner. Tattoo yeah, I've yeah. Seen. My friend Mike Chillian, um, he tagged me in one, or he tagged me, he tagged me on like a comment of one of their posts because of my tattoo um, and it's just like an Instagram account where they post like one or two images a day of like great Simpsons tattoos not just great ideas but like hit me up with a super done. weird one what's a like a what's a very like deep cut that you recall oh. from this Instagram well homie the clown when Homer is um, going trying to go through the wheel yeah so Homer with his ass crack showing and a tiny bike on a yeah. wheel to impress the mafia is tattooed on somebody. It's, it's tattooed on somebody's body. And what's I also the name saw of the Instagram? The Simpsons tattoo. I gotta check that. I also out. saw yesterday they posted or one of the other days, uh, Mr. Stinky, like <laughs> <laughs> drawing of Mr. Stinky. They're great. They're really fun. So the most recent tattoo, just to kind of fill you in, is Scent of a Wookie. And it's got this beautiful coloring in the box. Go to their go to their page. We're not at all affiliated with them, but no, we love them. I'm love just them. I'm my, my TV show is just at the point in its life where every three weeks or so I get it. That's amazing. I get a tattoo. I someone tweets me a tattoo they got of a character on my show, and I really? every time I, it wonderful. happens, I always feel the same emotion, which is like deep guilt. Yeah, like we are, we are I, like, interrupting I you by showing so you. Bad. Yeah, and while I'm saying this, they're showing me the most amazing, adorable things the from uh, the Simpsons tattoo wow. Instagram tag. Yeah, um, like and these are great. That's incredible. Like, these I mean, are amazing. I can't. I mean, like, not a lot of people can say what you just said. Well, it's it's yeah, it's a it's a unique emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what's it like to yeah. see a thing that you drew now committed to somebody's body right, for right. life? And generally, it's this feeling of like deep guilt. Like yeah. you've made a mistake. <laughs> Like this symbol, this like this random thing you grabbed from one episode that you thought had like a deep meaning was just yeah. something we just pulled out of our butts in the writers' room. Now it's on you forever. Now you have to explain it at the beach and to your mom. Yeah, and like you just can't let the show go long enough that it gets really really bad, and then they're just like, oh, I hate the show. Right, That's right. the reason I could never right. get a tattoo because I'm like anything. I'm worried context what if changes. Sucks later. Hey, <laughs> what if Weezer's an old past? You guys, that's the exact reason why I got a Simpsons tattoo because it's already know. started sucking. <laughs> are we allowed? Yeah, we are. 
Uh, is that is that a verbatim subject? I think so. I think we should defend the things we love. No I agree. What that means. I agree with yeah. that. I think <laughs> we talk about the Simpsons episodes we love. <laughs> We don't talk about ones we hate. Yeah, we, don't yeah. Talk about what we, hate. we, we never mention really Family okay, Guy. Okay, positivity. I'm under punishment of catapult. Ever? Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, going back really to the quick, Family thing. Guy is better than The Simpsons. <laughs> oh. uh, you can go on. TV I literally Discovery just imagine like how hard would it be to smash this bottle over a table and kill? If you go to Stonecutters, the gag gift is constantly a Family Guy DVD box set. That's. We, we do. Wait, we here's do what's this. amazing. It's like, I've never, I don't even know the emotion of feeling offended. Like, I'm like, whatever. Like, there's nothing you can say that offend me. The sentence, Family Guy is better than The Simpsons. I, which, like, of course I don't No, mean. no, no, I know. But it literally <laughs> hit my ears like hate speech. Like, it literally was like. I heard people say it. Right. I was going to, so I was going to say really quick about your, your tattoo, like, guilt of seeing somebody. Oh, God, I feel so bad each time. Each time I feel bad. Um, uh, the Aquabats. They have this DVD um, that they came out with like five-ish, seven, eight-ish years ago. But it was supposed to be like the first 10 <laughs> years of them being a band. And um, there's this great clip from like the early 90s where um, my friend Parker, who plays the professor who like created the Aquabats, he's like walking around the crowd and somebody's showing him their Aquabats tattoo. And he turns to the camera and goes, oh, no. <laughs> Oh no, what have we done? And he's like half joking, but really serious. Just like, oh, what have we done? That's the feeling. Yeah. That is exactly the yeah. feeling of like. I bet, I bet I would feel the same way. I'd be like, but do you know me? Like, I'm terrible. So, so Alex, I feel like the, the obvious question to ask is if you could get one Simpsons thing tattooed on you. Oh my God. What would it be? Gee, I mean, pfft. What's the first thing that pops the in your head? The first thing that comes to your mind. I mean, the first thing that pops into my head is the flying hellfish just because of that wrinkly gibberish line. Yeah. Would you make it look wrinkly? <laughs> that's funny. See, that's what makes you a superior Simpsons fan because you would just even think of that, like, hey, go listen, above I and beyond. I want to tell you really quick that I was, like, a week out from this tattoo being on my ass. Like, I <laughs> oh. was going to be true I to form. I met you right before you got the You almost tattoo. did it. Yeah. And by the way, you know, this this is an introductory episode, so I, I am letting us indulge in a little bit of all of our origins stories but the way that you and I met I mean mm-hmm. we have a million mutual friends just because we're both in the the LA but, comedy yeah. scene here but uh, the whole well, town is people you may know on Facebook the yeah, entire absolutely. town yes yeah. we were we were at an event it, like Will, a birthday party Will Weldon mm-hmm. whose, whose birthday it is on the day we were recording yeah uh, said to me very <laughs> annoyed <sighs> do you know Julia Prescott she likes the Simpsons as much as you do <laughs> We talked though. That's like, and you and I. Yeah. Uh, you should you be friends. Had, That'd be perfect. Yeah, you and I that's how are both a little Lisa Simpsony, and we were both. You know, yeah. I'm sure that we were both excited to meet each other, but still had that slight layer of, right. of social anxiety of like. So well, was there, there was I'm no sure competitive that, tension. There was no Lisa's rival there. there I felt no, like none at all. No. I just felt like oh, <laughs> and I had heard yeah, about like, you before. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I'm just uh, trying to be cool, girl, talking to you because we both love yeah. the Simpsons. I'm just like. I would love to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It was definitely love at first sight. It was and, great. And you saw each other in the reflections of each other's glasses and said, yeah. this is, well, <gasps> I'm a nerd. No, both of our, so both am I. Of our no, no, no. We said this is what it feels like when doves cry. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, yeah. We're both Milhouse. Yeah, yeah. Two but quarters the, in the, the quote jar. Yeah. So I, <laughs> ding, I, ding. I remember telling her uh, that I was getting the Simpsons tattoo and I was so confident that it was going to be on my ass, that it was going to be a gummy Venus on my ass. There you go. And then, uh, I got very close to the tattoo date and thought to myself, hmm, an ass tattoo is, um, 
is a big commitment. It's a uh, so. real, or it's the, it's a minor commitment because less people are going to see your right. ass per day. I had that was my average. reasoning. I was like, yeah. I was well, like, she, whatever guy. I was single at the time. I was like, whatever guy I shack up with better be cool with this. He's got a problem seeing that Venus. Then he's know, got a problem but, with me. But I was happy that I did not the <laughs> not the ass tattoo because I love it so much. I just want to show it off. So <laughs> right, right. And it was an easier and that session. would just be a, just a dark slide into a new career for you. Cut backs. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you were to get a Simpsons tattoo, what would yours be? Mine might have to. Well, you know, I do. I said it jokingly, but I do really like the Starline vocal band idea, just because no one would really get it except for like, like yeah, like they'd be like, "There's a good deep cut." Yeah, yeah. But I also, you know, I love Mr. Bergstrom so, so, so much, and I kind of like him wearing the hat. And oh I yeah! I want him singing "Home in the Rain," but <laughs> I also like. I definitely am. Uh, uh, Homer is a good dad. Like this is this is a weird brag, but Julie and I both have very good dads, and yeah. we like. I think it kind of. Is now listening we're to the Good, good Dad cast, uh, <laughs> we yeah, talk about really good dads <laughs> exclusively, and how, and how we might have, have tattoo tributes to them. And I really, really, really love um, "Do It for Her." Yeah. Oh, which yeah, yeah, is, yeah. I think you know if if any episode makes me cry the most, it's do it for her. So I might get that. Mm, yeah. I might get that. Yeah. Um. So Bart's comet is the episode you brought today. Would you say that that is your favorite episode? And if oh, not, what is your favorite episode? Fa- favorite is it's sort of impossible. I mean, it's like I said, like I so like. <clears throat> I feel like a normal human probably, I don't know them, but I know they must exist. A normal human probably, like, experiences episodes of TV shows and, like, you know, thinks about, like, they, they, they go on the emotional ride of it and they appreciate whatever about it that struck them in particular. And uh-huh. I feel like a comedy human is just, like, sort of subconsciously, whether they try or not, just, like, marking off, like, everything that's said that feels instantly classic or immortal and, like, just the episode that just most collects that, like, everything is funny, everything is memorable Mm -hmm. juice sort of wins that distinction of favorite, like, at least for me, like, so, like, it's just the ones that just, like, hit those, like, multi-ball comedy points where just, like, every single line is funny. I mean, the the obvious laugh-a-minute dental plan type last exit to Springfield type episodes. It's so cliche. I don't want to be the cliche guy who says that. Um, But, like, I mean, honestly, no. I, I do know my favorite episode of the simpsons it's what? two episodes it's who shot mr burns part one and two yeah um which like i and didn't the 7-eleven promotion uh, I, I, I considered and the contest that no one won i considered talking about that for this podcast but i'm like you can't start with a two-parter i got like, so mad you at can't... you you said that you're gonna do part one i didn't one. say i was going to i Can said I it was say also well, because furious. she said to me if you could only talk about one episode of The Simpsons, that, yes, what yes. would it be? And it's true. If I could only ever talk about one episode of The Simpsons, yeah. and I had to like record The Simpsons' existence somehow for aliens in the future, I would talk about Who Shot Mr. Burns. But this is a more free flowing yeah. conversation. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and like, it's not the episode I necessarily emotionally connect to the most, but it's the episode where The Simpsons. Uh, well, no, I'm gonna. I, I can't talk about it too much because then I'll be ruining <laughs> whoever does it in the future. I, the short version is, it's the episode where The Simpsons. It's basically the Simpsons movie. If somebody says, yeah. hey, do you love the Simpsons movie? I'm like, Absolutely. yeah, it's Who Shot Mr. Burns, part one and two. Yeah. With the best villain of all time, Mr. Burns, and the best craziest storyline of all time, a whodunit that comes down to Homer and turns out to be the baby. Yeah. And it has tense moments. By the way, that's the Twin Peaks inspired It's episode. a Twin Peaks inspired yeah. episode. <laughs> and it's like, my whole show is one giant epic mystery. It's like, oh, what if I could make Who Shot Mr. Burns a whole series? Oh my God, Essentially, that's exactly what Gravity Falls that's is. That's what I'm trying to do with it. And like, that's why... 
I love that episode so much. I also love that episode because, uh, like, one of the one of the writers, Josh uh, J- J- Josh Weinstein, JW, JW, <laughs> J Dubs, as I call him around the office. He works on our show, and he, for my birthday, gave me one of the original oh. from the '90s with oh. Conan O'Brien's fingerprint grease on it. What a copies joy! What a joy! Of that episode, um, like, so, like that, like that episode is like has a special significance to me. But it's like. It's it's like a craftsmanship significance. It's like a this showed me how to craft a show and showed that animation could be anything. Yeah. Like it's less about like what was the emotional connection and more the emotion of like, oh my god, animation could tell a story that is is, is really funny and is broad and is you know, like has all these layers and all these clues and hints and secrets and like it's it's like things you can follow. Like our whole show is full of split second mm-hmm. codes and mm-hmm. and and mysteries and and whodunit stuff that all connects. And it's all from that episode. Like it yeah. all comes from that inspiration. You know what I mean? Um, but like I feel like like for an episode like that, you guys should probably like talk to one of the writers about it because like I can only Josh, imagine. Josh actually talked to me when I did the Twin Peaks podcast mm-hmm. because. Josh likes Twin Peaks so much that he obviously thought it'd be fun to to make a Simpsons joke about yeah, it. Yeah, like it was in that Which episode. Which is so yeah. funny because, as I mentioned earlier, we see these references that... As, as a kid, kids, it's gibberish like, to you. Why is right. there a giant dancing with a horse? It means nothing <laughs> yeah. when you're a kid. And you think it's just funny. And he, he talked all about that, but I would love to see someone who that is genuinely their favorite episode because I know that that is actually, for a lot of people, the, the place where they're kind of like, yeah, and that's kind of where I stopped watching. Right, seasons. right. I think it's a lot a of people really didn't like that it was cliffhangery. Mm-hmm. I think people that's felt a little cheated, and it's so interesting. And that is something that will come up on the show. Is just like I flagrantly did, disagree when, with those right, people. When did you stop watching? <laughs> when you, did I stop if watching? You did stop watching when? Or I guess I stopped. When did you stop consistently every t- every Sunday or every Thursday? When did Beyond Blunderdome? That's the one I remember very specifically. I remember thinking this episode didn't really have anything super hilarious about it. What happens it. in that episode? That's the um, Super Bowl episode. I hope I'm getting this right. My recollection is, what's the Super Bowl episode where like Homer makes friends with a guy who works in real estate? or no, works? He's a travel agent, and he's completely forgettable, and there's a guy who kicks his leg off. <laughs> hmm, <laughs> that I does mean... not sound familiar. Is that the name of the episode, Beyond Blunder Dome, or is it a different name? Is it, is it Cruddy Sunday? What's the name of the episode? Sunday, Sunday. I don't Cut it out that. if I'm wrong. <laughs> we will. Well, I don't even know but if we should talk about this stuff because I don't want to be negative. We're not going to be negative. But like, I, like, I, I just remember like that's the episode where I was like, nothing Sunday, happened Cruddy that was Sunday. amazing. Was it Cruddy Sunday? Yeah. Blood and Dome was an earlier 10. one. That's I got it two. wrong. It's just season two. <laughs> you stopped watching it season two. Yeah, season yeah. ten. I think, oh, that was it. It was Cruddy Sunday. That's the and one. We and we won't go negative. The reason I This asked, is Wally Kogan. Worst character of all time. No funny lines. Never came back. Homer, you can really go places oh, in the travel definitely. industry. Unex- and- not, not worthy of The Simpsons. This is where I was like, <laughs> Simpsons is dead. And looking oh, at it now, man. I can already see some memorable quotes. But right. I hated that episode. That's the thing. It's funny because I, I have gone back on seasons or episodes where I felt like I was... So over The Simpsons at that point, but there's always and then you a good go back joke. and yeah. there's like great yeah. jokes. Simpsons right now in 2015. Yeah, there are good jokes. There are still it, good jokes. It's crazy. I want to give a shout out to David Silverman, who is the first animator of The Simpsons, who makes the funniest 
visual jokes I've seen. That's entirely mm-hmm. correct. All those poses of Homer uh, having a heart attack and his triple bypass, if I'm not mistaken, are specifically David Silverman jokes. Those oh, yeah. insane, his hair shooting at the top of his head, his fingers bent all crazy, he's yeah. biting his lip and looking like <laughs> a Tex Avery drawing for one frame. Tex Avery, like, that's right. Yeah, um, what about what about The Simpsons, aside from its heart, uh, do you think makes it this long-lasting show that we could talk about so many years later? We all watched this as 10-year-olds, and yeah. you know, now we're 20-somethings. I mean, uh, it's, I think, you know, aside from its heart, aside from its humor, I think, I mean, just in terms of longevity, I feel like what makes a show most able to go on forever is, A, that it has no premise, like the premise is, what if an American family was funny and the best ever writers were writing it? Like there's yeah. no, like there's literally no premise to the series. There's no hook. There's nothing weird about it. It's literally just that. Um, I think you know, obviously, it's that these th- there's a character type. You know, you're gonna when you do this podcast, you're gonna get a bunch of different answers to who's your favorite Simpsons character. Yeah. Who do you oh, like? Most? Like, there's somebody in that crew, in that cast, for every single person to see themselves in or know somebody like that. Like, I think. The you know just the 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 simplicity of it honestly like the simple concept that allowed it to grow into infinite plausible directions because like when you have to create a TV show like you're trying to create this you're it's almost like creating a board game or something it's like what are a couple simple rules that can be played in infinite different ways and always be fun mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it's like the yeah. simple rules are you know the dad is dumb um and and irresponsible and childlike but he genuinely loves his family like you know like we can have jokes that are completely absurd like professor frank flying in on a rocket bike yeah. but then snap back to emotional reality by the end of the episode and now the episode is actually about town pride or whatever like like there's these certain like rules that they sort of found as they went that like that d- just sort of do work forever like th- those rules are baked into the concept of the show and like a lot of people say like oh first season doesn't really feel like the simpsons second season doesn't really feel like the simpsons and that's oh, man, because I both. well they, i love both too but it, what's exciting to see is you watch it you see them discovering those rules yes. they're like how far can we go what is the simpsons and i think a lot of the reason people say it, some of those early simpsons don't feel like the simpsons they know is because they were still figuring out like, how far can we go What's too far? Right. And I think that's a lot of the reasons certain people think, myself included, that there was a golden age because oh, yeah. it was, we're starting here, we're expanding, we're testing, we're testing further. Maybe we've tested it to the breaking point. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we've kind of lost focus on where that is. But like, it's that like, there there was a core of like perfect TV show rule tension dynamics yeah. that could spin out forever and ever. And that's, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons, you know, most shows don't last that long or most pilots stink. It's like, you have to tell a great story and also establish all of those Get that tone. Yeah, fun absolutely. tone pieces. Which, like, does make, which does make the pilot really interesting because that was not the pilot episode. The, the, the right, yeah. Right, yeah. Open Fire is not it was the, the Christmas first special, they but just, they led with it because yeah, that so, seemed so like a great way to get attention. Exactly, and you kind yeah. of already have like this story. It is actually kind of smart to start in the almost the. I, th- I think it functions very well as a first episode. It's like perfect. I like I consider talking about that episode also because like like there's nothing on earth harder to write than a like a pilot. Oh uh, yeah. of a series like all pilots. Like, every pilot sucks. Even the best ones suck. <laughs> Even the ones where you go back and you're like, that was actually amazing. The first time you watch it, you're like, all right. 30 Rock. Yeah, Maybe. absolutely. So Which many is people, probably the best So many people the hate example. on the 30 Rock pilot. And, it like, I go back and watch that pilot, and I'm like, 
every character has a badass introduction. Yeah. Like, like you get what it is. It just you can't love it as much as you're going to because How it's all hitting you pilot. for the first time. It's impossible. Right, right, right. So like, exactly. That's exa- it's a thankless task. Even a perfect pilot, no one will love oh, that when they me. watch it. That so infuriates like, me when you have I hear to people be like, "Yeah, like when you make a pilot." I didn't like that show. Well, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched half of the pilot. And you're working against my industry. <laughs> but like, the, like, I mean, the Simpsons pilot, I mean, I think the the, the episode that they played the first sure, episode, sure, sure. I, I mean, I think part of what makes that episode work so well, aside from, you know, the, like the holiday being a reason for all the characters to have like a point in there. But like the fact that like Homer, whose defining trait we all understand is being a selfish fuck up, that the whole episode is about him trying to right that flaw. Like mm. you're immediately endeared to that. You're like, oh, he's this hilarious selfish fuck up. Oh, it's a cartoon. Oh, they're all yellow. This is so weird. This is gonna be really wacky. I'll bet there's gonna be a lot of like uh, fuck you jabs to culture. Right, right. And then like, oh, he's trying to be better than he is. Oh my god, that's tragic. Oh my god, there's meat here. It's not just garnishes. Yeah. Like yeah. that's not a bad way to lead a series. Oh, you know? absolutely. And like The Simpsons is so remarkable because it. It wasn't like any other cartoons. The, the other cartoons were like like the Flintstones. Yeah. Like there's nothing that was Oof. so yeah. so fully formed and and like it, it really is just a family. They yeah. just happen to illustrate it. And that's then a premise. It's a it, family. As it gets better, or not better, sorry. As it gets as it gets weirder, you and further along, you start having like okay, they reset. You know? Right, yeah. right. But yeah. for a while, it was just kind of like, okay, let's do kind of, you know, Dick Van Dyke. Let's see where this goes. Let's just kind of check in on the family every time. Right, and then right. you, and then as the as the series progressed, you get things that are like Bart's Comet or yeah. these these crazy scenarios that still are formed in reality, and at the end of the day, are just about a family that are trying to get through. And it's so touching and so lovely. And I think I think there's so many reasons that this show is. I assume our favorite show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, it, it's and it's the, just yeah. the best show of in the whole it's the best world. Show ever. It has <laughs> everything in it. Yeah. There was also that feeling. I just remember watching in particular as a kid episodes like Bart's Comet, like just any episode that like was. I loved Homer episodes, of course. They were often the funniest episodes, but the ones that like were from the kids' perspective. As a kid watching Always. them, like. Those were the ones that affected me the most, and those were the ones that I felt like formed my brain more because they like, you know, just that sense of like, like, like Bart's, like, you know, the, the weight on Bart's shoulders of like, oh, he's the one who discovered this thing. Like, also like just the comedy of like, like Bart and Skinner together. Like I could watch, if there was just a spinoff oh, called man. Bart and Skinner, I, I know. could watch that sure. until I know. my dying day. I think day. Josh wanted to do that. Josh, that's, I mean, we're talking about the future guest when he comes. <laughs> Josh Weinstein, amazing writer. Like I think his favorite character, I think he said this before, is Skinner. It absolutely is Skinner. Because yeah. like, he, like his funny because he's bored, boring is right, like this right. amazing character and he could not be a better foil to Bart. He's perfect. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I can't. Do you know how to pronounce this line that that Skinner says no, in the episode? So, go. We're, just try so it. Just try what it. Is, we, what does he will, say? We will preface this. So what, what, we don't know how to so say it. But just, listen to it. What's so great is that Bart is like, I'm gonna get one up on all Skinner. So he makes a weather balloon that's Principal Skinner with a giant butt holding a sign that says. A clever line. Hi, I'm Big Butt Skinner. Like literally, <laughs> it's the dumbest thing the writers could think of because that's what makes Bart awesome. And then like, like you know, imagine you're a writer and you're like, okay, you have to th- come up with something that's in Bart's character. All right, a giant butt Skinner that says, I'm Big Butt Skinner. Okay, what's in Skinner's <laughs> character? What's the nerdiest response to seeing a balloon of yourself? And they came up with it. Skinner says, um, oh, it won't come down for months. Curse the man who invented helium. Curse Pierre Jules Cesare Janssen. Like, 
it's he knows it. amazing. <laughs> yeah, like like that's why like that like that's why Skinner is such an amazing character. Is it's like the funniest version. He's here's another amazing Skinner quote in this episode. Ah, there's nothing more exciting than science. You get all the fun of sitting still, being quiet, writing down numbers, paying attention. Science has it all. Like, yeah. he's right about science, and then he's wrong about science. Like, a, yeah. It's a he caricature talks- of, as a kid, what you imagine adults to be. Yeah. Like, oh, that's such a good way of um, putting it. There's a great uh, Skinner line that I really love that I think is part of um, Songs in the King of Springfield, um, where it's uh, the episode where they have like the mediocre president song. But he uh, introduces it by saying, uh, uh, hello and welcome to a night of theater and, and picking, picking up, up after, after yourselves. <laughs> like, that encapsulates... School. I love like, every time. Every single, like, every single school event is that, yeah. like, enthusiasm, and here's how small and we are. And everyone pick up two here's pieces of trash. Here's how lame this world I, is. I will say, like, Skinner, Marge, Lisa, those characters are the characters that, at least in my experience, were the ones that was like, oh, I hate these characters right. as a kid, because right. as a yeah. kid, you're just yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I hate my principal, and I hate yeah. my sister, and I yeah. hate my mom, and not in a... No, but they're great. Way, but yeah, but, like, yeah. you know, she's, you know, th- they make us do what we're supposed to do when you're just, you want to be Bart and you want to be Homer. And I think what's so fun is you grow up and, and then you realize how fun these nuanced characters are. And you're just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that's where it really is. And it's so exciting. <laughs> I like, I like that. Like, like, oh yeah, yeah. Entry level. You like, you like yeah. Bart, but advanced, <laughs> you you're just, you're just snorting straight Seymour Skinner. <laughs> just like, give me lines of that. Like, that's the yeah. good stuff. Like that's got like, there's like, there's hints of you swirl around in your wife. <laughs> Glass. I'm like, oh, hmm. There's it's sort of like a uh, a bunch of different flavors in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're we're getting towards the the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just want to say. Thanks so much for being our first oh guest. Oh my god! Like, what I an absolute thought. treat! Thank yeah. you for having me. I know it's a weird choice, but uh, I feel like uh, hey, it's an excellent. Choice. Go back and watch it. And this is a kick-ass episode. Yeah, of yeah, Bart's yeah absolutely. Um, like it's a it's a little daunting to be on the first episode of a podcast about a show that has a million episodes. <laughs> um, so a million uh, good episodes. A million. I felt good like episodes. you you chose like you chose wisely. Wisely, yeah. Completely. I will I will say that we have learned in our first episode a lot of things, uh, but I think the biggest is that. We could talk about The Simpsons forever. Literally forever. Yeah, this is probably going to be so, really so long. We wanna, Get ready, folks. So we want to make sure that you guys tune in next week, mm-hmm. and you could follow us on all of our social media platforms. But first, Alex, where can people find your stuff? And um, where are you, you can, on the interwebs I, uh, and the television my boxes? My Twitter is at underscore Alex Hirsch, because a guy whose icon <laughs> is still an egg and has two uh, posts got Alex Hirsch before I yeah. did. Um, my, my show is Gravity Falls. It's on uh, Disney XD, and if you don't have that... It's on iTunes and yeah, and if you're a Simpsons fan, you're gonna love Gravity Falls. You might, oh, yeah. It's 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 a you kids just, show, you just but it's will. got some yucks. You just will. Yeah, and it's got. I mean, it's, it's it's the Gravity Falls. If you're like, oh, how, how does how is it like The Simpsons? It's like it's like episodes like it's like episodes like Who Shot Mr. Burns? It's like episodes like Lisa the Iconoclast or uh, a Curse of Flying Hellfish. Like the more adventurous episodes, yeah. the ones that have like a sense of mystery to them, the ones that have the kids saving heavy. the day that are mm-hmm. plot heavy, sort of like kids against the world. Like it has that kind of kind of flavor about it, and it has a a ex Simpsons writer currently on it. Yeah, um, and he Josh is a genius, Weinstein. and y'all will be hearing from him soon. So that's that's my deal. Great, and then uh, you could find uh, this podcast obviously on iTunes and mm-hmm. SoundCloud but you could also make sure to answer our crusty cues which yeah. I named by myself without asking you first I'm no, so sorry fine. I love it <laughs> but uh, add us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, Simpsons Show 
pod or Simpsons pod. We're on Twitter, it's at Simpsons up pod. Podcast. It's a Just whole Google thing. It. We'll put it. And on I personally there. want to know how many <laughs> Simpsons episodes ends with the character going in the sunset. So how many sunset episodes? Find yeah. us that number. Tag you underscore tag underscore Alex Hirsch. <laughs> I want to know this because yeah. I'm just genuinely curious for science. Uh, and we don't have a super clever sign off yet, but until next week. <laughs> 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 that works. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. Bye.